Everything changes, including you and I. We're getting older, aren't we? Culture changes as well, as does its fads and fashions. How many can remember big phones on walls? How about eight-track tapes in your car? Anyone have those? Hula hoops. Mini skirts. Okay, we can remember them at least. Hopefully we weren't wearing them. How about a time when there were no computers? Can you remember that? Some of you can remember that stuff. From 1984 to 1987, Kathy and I lived in Pasadena, California, while I was in seminary. And I don't need to tell you, there's a lot of traffic on those L.A. roads. We were just north of Los Angeles. In fact, some of the freeways would have eight lanes each direction. And yet there was still a lot of traffic. But I read in 1920, you could ride a horse across greater Los Angeles, so L.A. itself and all the surrounding cities, in an hour. Do you know that today you can get on L.A. freeways and go about 10 miles an hour? So nothing really changes, at least traffic there. You know what's changing? Our brains are changing. I read this article the other day, and I thought, oh, I've got to share this in my sermon Sunday. I felt like this is describing me. In August 2008, writer and researcher Nicholas Carr published an essay in The Atlantic entitled, Is Google Making Us Stupid? At the start of the essay, Carr offers a lament for his mind. It remains one of the most important paragraphs I've ever read. Over the past few years, I've had an uncomfortable sense that someone or something has been tinkering with my brain. Remapping the neural circuitry, reprogramming my memory. My mind isn't going as far as I can tell, but it's changing. I'm not thinking the way I used to think. I can feel it most strongly when I'm reading. Immersing myself in a book or a lengthy article used to be easy. My mind would get caught up in the narrative or the turns of the argument, and I'd spend hours scrolling through long stretches a prose, that's rarely the case anymore. Now my concentration often starts to drift after two or three pages. I get fidgety, lose the thread, begin looking for something else to do. I feel as if I'm always dragging my wayward brain back to the text. My deep reading that used to come naturally has become a struggle. I identified with that. I'm seeing that in my own life, and I'm concerned about it. It's like our brains have been rewired to the Internet. So much change is happening in our culture so quickly that it's stressful. Dr. Thomas Holmes has written a bit on stress. He says too much change in stress can lead to at least 43 unhealthy factors in your life. And I think many are stressed by just what's happening in the world. We just have a sense of unease about where things are and where they're going. People, we need security and stability. And we wonder, is anything permanent? Is anything or anyone reliable and stable? Listen to James 117. This is the Phillips translation. With God, there is never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. 
Theologians call that God's immutability. That means God is unchanging. He himself says that in Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. He's always the same. He's always been the same. He'll always be the same because he's perfect in his being. He can't get better or worse. He can't age or get tired like us. Everything in creation changes except God. Just look in the mirror. Bob Dylan had a song. This is the times they are a changing. And that's true. Someone picked up on that and said the lines they are a changing. The hairline, the waistline, the credit line. But God doesn't change. Change creates stress. So this morning I want to talk about how we can stabilize our lives in the midst of all this change that is becoming so stressful to us. If we will focus on a few things about God's unchanging nature to really think and ponder on that, I believe it will help us have a sense of stability and security in these changing times. I'm going to offer three things this morning. First is God's love for me never changes. Now, I didn't say God's love never changes, and that's absolutely true. I wanted you to hear what I said. God's love for me never changes. I believe most of us sitting out here would say, I know that God is love and that God loves humanity. But I think we sometimes struggle to believe that he loves us personally. Listen to Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Personal. You, you were created to be loved by God. You are the object of God's love. God's love is constant and continual. Relationships with people, on the other hand, can be difficult because people are fickle. They can be kind and caring and compassionate one day and mean the next. Their love, human love, is often conditional. If you perform to the right standard, then I'll love you. We'll say, You're not the man I married. Or my sweet little toddler has become this rebellious teenager. Or I don't recognize you anymore. People are unpredictable and inconsistent. And because of that, that causes stress in our lives. But God always acts like himself. He never acts out of character. He never changes. In fact, there's nothing you can do that will ever make him stop loving you. Romans 8, 38, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, and the verse continues, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So there's really no doubt or no reason to doubt God's love for you. When you go to bed tonight, He'll be loving you. When you wake up in the morning, he'll still be loving you because he loves you with an everlasting love. Now, there are surely some days where I don't feel like I love very well or that um, anyone could love me because I'm just really grumpy that morning or really cranky that day or I'm frustrated that my plans didn't go as planned and I'm angry about it. But God never has a bad day. He's never fickle or moody or capricious. 
He's constant. So we don't need to doubt his love. Even if circumstances in our lives are going the wrong direction, that doesn't mean that God has stopped loving us. That's when he's especially close to you. I hope that gives you security, that fact that God's love for me is constant. Secondly, God's word never changes. His laws, principles, commands in the Bible are timeless. Isaiah 40 and verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Because it's true, accurate, perfect, always fresh, relevant, up to the moment. Never out of date. Most discoveries of men change over time. Like, for instance, science. I can remember this vividly. It was July of 1969. I was 11 years old. We were visiting my grandmother and grandfather in Atlanta. And on, I think it was July 20th was the exact date we were watching on our televisions. Remember that? That space capsule from America landing on the moon and the first man jumped off that space capsule. I can still remember and still see in my mind's eye my grandfather sitting there. He was born in 1884. So I don't know how old that makes him. About 60, 70, 80-some years old, 70-some years old, but whatever. He was sitting there watching that and shaking his head and saying, I can't believe it. When I was a kid, we rode around in a horse and buggy, and now they're landing on the moon. He just couldn't fathom that in his lifetime, all those changes in science and technology. By the time something is manufactured, your laptop, your cell phone, it's almost out of date. By the time it's manufactured, they're already working on the, the latest iteration. Even medical technology and certainly things like AI, artificial intelligence, is, these technologies are changing so rapidly. If you go back and look at the old magazines in the 1970s, maybe like Psychology Today or medical journals, what was a cure then is in disrepute now because scientists... Medical people have had new discoveries, new ideas. Things are changing. So we, we need something more stable to build our lives on. We certainly can't build it on our culture or technology or science or even medicine. Better to build it on the Bible, not the latest fad. Jesus said this in Matthew twenty four thirty five: Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Do you realize that the Bible is the most criticized, attacked, and ridiculed book in human history? It's been burned and tried to be destroyed, yet all those enemies of Scripture eventually died, and the Bible is still here. Still the best-selling book of all time, because its words are unchanging. It's the truth. Psalm 119, 152. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. The Bible stands the test of time because it's truth. Alan Shepard was one of the first astronauts, and he was asked by a reporter just before they were to go out in space. He said, the reporter, what's the one thing you're depending on most on this space venture? And he said, Alan Shepard, on the fact that God's laws never change. What if gravity was inconsistent? 
What if the rotation of the earth varied? Well, these things don't change and vary because God made them that way. That's why we could study science, because these scientific laws and principles are predictable. So God has established the universe by physical laws. He's also established the universe with spiritual and moral laws that are unchanging, too. So if we violate them, if we ignore them, then there's a price to pay. Because they're unchanging. They're absolute. There are things that are always right and always wrong in God's word. And it doesn't matter what my opinion is on it. It doesn't matter what my culture says. Satan will come in and say to you, did God really say? Is that word of scripture really true and relevant? He got Eve to question his word. And he does the same today. God's word will say, don't have sex outside of marriage. And that marriage is between a man and a woman. Those things don't change, even if culture changes. Matthew seven twenty four. Everyone, then, who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Two foundations of which we can build the house of our life on sand or on rock. If you build it on sand, it's going to shift. If you build it on the rock, it's going to be stable and strong. If you build your life on the opinions of people in your culture and the fads and on being popular and what's happening on Facebook, then you're building your life on shifting sand. It's eventually going to collapse. But if you build your life on the word of God, it will last even when the storms of life and they will surely come assail you. So what do we know? God's love for us never changes. God's word never changes. We can trust him. And so when I see something in Scripture that's a command for me, if I do it, it's always the right thing to do. Even if it's a hard thing to do, even if it's unpopular for you, it's always right. What will give you and your life stability? Who can you listen to nowadays? Who has wisdom? What you read on the Internet? Politicians, do they tell you the truth? Does the media or does God's word? It will be just as true 50 years from now as it is today. So here's a secret to reducing stress in your life due to change. Memorize some verses of the Bible. Fill your mind with the word of God. And when you need that word, it'll be there that you can pull it up and it will help you. God will bring it to your mind. Isn't that what Jesus did in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. You know what? I don't think Jesus had the Bible there that he was carrying along. He didn't have his phone where he could look up scripture. He just knew it because he had memorized it. And he quoted Deuteronomy three times there. Have we even read Deuteronomy? He quoted scripture from memory, and you can do it too. A few verses. Commit them to memory where when times get tough, you can pull that out. Third thing. God's purpose for my life will never change. God's purpose for my life will never change. We read Isaiah 14.24, then Ephesians 1.11. The Lord of hosts has sworn... As I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. 
In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God is at work in history because it's his story. We may ask this morning, what's the world coming to? Again, we have just a sense of foreboding. Very much unstable, our world. Well, what's coming is the climax of history, which God has planned from the beginning. I myself don't know all that entails. He does, and he holds the world in his hands. If someone says to you, I figured out when Jesus is coming back. Well, they're wrong because only God knows. I think it's near. I have a feeling, a sense in my gut, my spirit, it could be near. But I don't know. But that gives me stability and security, knowing that God knows all things. He's got all things under control. How about his plan for me? Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He has good things for you. Psalm 33, 11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. God's plans are eternal for you. My plans change all the time, not God's. His are rock solid. My plans change because I'm limited in my thinking, in my scope, in my knowledge. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I don't have complete information. Or I don't always have the power to make that change happen. But God does. He knows the future. He knows all future contingencies. He has all resources at his disposal. I run out of time and money and energy, but God doesn't. So I can trust him with my life. But does God change his mind about me? Maybe I really mess up. So God says, well, I'm, I'm done with you. No. We change. And so our life might change. Like, I'm thinking back to when God, through the prophet Jonah, threatened to destroy the city of Nineveh. That was his decree. But they repented. And so they weren't destroyed. Things can change. God never changes his will, but God does will a change in each of us, like Nineveh's repenting. Habakkuk 3.6 says, God's ways are eternal. He doesn't have a plan B, only a plan A for my life, too. Think for a moment, the biggest mistake you ever made. Maybe one thing really stands out. Oh, wow, I really messed that up. Or the biggest sin you've ever committed. The biggest regret. Or the biggest disappointment. And now think, did God know those things were going to happen in advance? He knew. He knew you'd do that. And he's actually woven those things into his plan for your life. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Because God somehow always brings good out of bad. He, he fits even those mistakes and sins and things where I've really blown it into his plan for me. Because God doesn't have a plan B for you. He has a plan A. 
What you did did not take him by surprise. He hasn't changed his purpose for your life. Jim Logan says, God will not allow anything beyond your control that blocks his purpose for your life. God will not allow anything beyond your control that blocks his purpose for your life. I've had people tell me I've messed up too badly. God's done with me. I guess I'm just going to have to settle for second best. Don't settle for second best. God knows everything. He knew that was going to happen. And he's going to work all that for good in your life, even your mistakes and sins. God will certainly discipline you and teach you so you don't make those mistakes and commit those sins in the future. But God's plan for you is life. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal And kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not just life where you're just existing day by day. But a purposeful, meaningful life that is abundant in him. And that plan is to make you more like Jesus. Romans 8.29 For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be The firstborn among many brothers. Ultimately, God's plan for your life is that you look a lot like Jesus. And so it begins with a relationship with Jesus. So I ask you this morning, are you saved? Do you know him personally as your savior? It has to begin there. And then from there, it's a daily walking with him, learning his ways and how to please him more and more. In life, between now and when you die, you are going to experience stressful changes. How are you going to respond? Sometimes you can prepare for those things. Sometimes you can't because many times they're unpredictable. So how are you going to make it? I really think it's very important what we think about. And so it's thinking about like what I've shared with you today about God's unchanging nature. That will help you make it. In very stressful, changing times. God will never stop loving you. Never. He won't love you less when you mess up or love you more when you're good. You may not always understand what's going on, but you can always know that he loves you. Because he always has your best at heart. That's stabilizing. That's security. No matter what happens... And it could be bad. It could be hard. It could be stressful. What we may have to go through. But we always know God is there and he loves me. God's word is always right. And if the Bible says to do something, do it. You'll be blessed. Even if it's unpopular among your friends. That brings your life security and stability. And God's purposes for me are bigger than my problems. My problems don't change God's ultimate purpose because he's at work in me, working all things for good. Even up to the moment when I breathe my last, we will be able to say, it was God who began a good work in me and he completed it until the day of Christ Jesus. Psalm 125.1 Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, 
but abides forever. That's stability, being unmoved by circumstances, being anchored in an unchanging God. Everything around us is changing and will continue to accept God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word that we can read and meditate upon and memorize and, and study and teach and preach and listen to and act upon because it's the truth. I pray that the truth of Scripture about your unchanging nature will, will strengthen our hearts. Give us security and stability for days ahead. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your purpose and plan. Thank you for you and for sending your son, Jesus, that we can have a relationship with you through his death on the cross. By trusting in him, what he accomplished there to take away all our sin and give us the free gift of eternal life. It's there for the asking. If you need to ask him this morning, just simply say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn from them. I want to know you. I want the free gift of eternal life. Come into my heart and live in me and be my Lord. Thank you for this time together together this morning. I pray it strengthened us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing. between us by the cross you came and broke them down you broke them down there were chains around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you called me out of the grave you called me into the light you called my name and then my heart came alive your love is great
Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. That song, not the song itself, but the message that that song brings back so many memories from to July of 1977 and going from darkness to light and my life totally changing. Jesus can do that. Lord, we thank you that you are the life changer. Knowing you is real and it's the greatest thing in all the world. We want to know you and walk in that love and purpose and truth this week. And we will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.